Welcome to the Jacob's Well podcast. This week on the School of Unlearning, we are looking at the five commitments of Jacob's Well and our 40-day challenge. This is Joshua Scoyne. I am here with Paul Berthiam. Let's get started. Good morning, sir. Good morning to you, Shua. How goes it? Oh, it's going great. I have nothing exciting to say in response to that. <laughs> it's going good. It's been hot out. It's hot. There was a weird storm thing. Did you see the skies? It was it gorgeous. Was, yeah, oranges I like and yellows. In case you're listening to this, like there was a bad thunderstorm last night, but it wasn't actually that bad. I found it a metaphor for many things, that there was uh, many storms going on in the world, and they are hmm. frightening, and our power went out for a minute. Oh, really? Well, for probably almost an hour. You know, so let's add that to the pandemic. and Yeah, you know, what else could make this season yes, more now interesting? I'm waiting for locusts to come over the hill. Um, <laughs> oh, look, there they are. Yes. We do have a crane problem currently yes, at, at church. Yes, at church we do. The, the building is uh, actually, I just saw turkeys on the hillside, and uh, <laughs> we've got all kinds of wildlife, and these cranes are like attacking the windows. Yes. Yeah, yeah, since you guys, just so everyone knows, we had to put paper up on the windows so that these things would stop pecking them, trying yes. to break the glass. Yes. So we it's have... a magical time. It's Jacob's Well Wildlife Preserve now, uh, <laughs> so we've got that going on. Official name change. Yes. I, I did, again, just to go back to the storm, another phenomenon is one of my kids was actually south. They were actually going to go to Devil's Lake, but they ended up going to Wazi, which is a swimming mm-hmm. area down by Black River Falls. And... Um, and the storm came from the north and went over Eau Claire, and we called them, realizing they were south. And so it was just, you realize, okay, there's a storm between me and my kid, and that becomes a metaphor, hmm. that there are just some things, there's just a lot. I was, I was actually sitting in my chair, uh, reading and thinking, watching the storm, and um, it's a pretty powerful metaphor for just all that's going on, that uh, there's a lot of stormy skies, but there's a lot of beauty in it. There's a lot of power in it, and... Um, Things are nice and green and beautiful today, but uh, yeah, just lots of thoughts on storms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, <laughs> what else should we talk about? I don't know. I think we should just look at each other and smile. Would we? That yeah. would, that won't make for aw- awkward podcasting at no, all. No, I think our ratings will go up. I do too. If we do that, it's a, we're going to have we're going to have some time it? of silence. Yes, it's going to be roughly twelve minutes long. Please yes, stick through. That's right. The whole time we could do the whole. If you love Jesus, you'll stick Ooh. through. Just do the guilt shame thing. That got really heavy handed. It really did. Fast. It really did. Just, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, you know, actually, one of the thoughts I did have about what we do want to talk about today is I'm tired today. Hmm. I'm just, I think, uh, last couple days, um, one, it's it's been uh, an intense season where multiple things have been coming up with church staff and, you know, um, life and all that's going on in the news, and then trying to figure out how to respond and how to... Um, just lead the church. Uh, I do a lot of coaching with other pastors, and so I'm on the phone every day with guys trying to figure out my church is this size, my church is in this area. I was on a Zoom call last week with multiple friends and pastors in um, Twin Cities, and it was a really amazing call. There were Korean and Hmong pastors. There were African-American pastors. There were Hispanic pastors. There was a Lithuanian pastor. There's one pastor who has 18 different nationalities in their church, and many of them are just right down by uh, the riding. And so just all of that has just been uh, every day. It's just been incredibly um, just intense, emotionally intense, and and, uh, I'm tired today, which is, uh, I think, what a lot of people are feeling. You know, um, 
the discipline to turn off the news and the discipline to um, to ask yourself, am I putting in good things into my life that's going to balance out so much of this weight hmm. that we're we're all carrying right now because of all the things that we see going on is a big part of what um, we think the Holy Spirit has led us into for this summer. I, I really believe as a church, we've got a really good plan this summer. We kind of intentionally said, okay, we're not going to do large church because we can't predict that. We can't control that. We can't do that in a way that is going to be safe, completely inclusive, mm-hmm. and of a, a quality that's going to be more life-giving than what we can do online. And so so we came back to this belief that um, God wants us to emphasize mid-sized, small he wants us to emphasize personal development in people's lives. I'm very excited about, you know, um, all of that. I do see a lot of churches rushing to get open in large group. And for many of those churches, they're doing what's, what's right for them. Um, but having said that, it's, it's, it's been a huge amount on the, the church staff and a huge amount on the team. And a lot of staff is just now beginning uh, to take some time off. So at, around here in the summer, we get waves of vacation. I think there are four or five people on vacation next week, and then mm-hmm. it'll be that way all the way through July into August a little bit. Um, but all of that, I say all of that, not not for you to feel sorry for, for the staff, um, because we're all very grateful um, to be here. Yeah, absolutely. And um, But to say this would be a very easy time to drift. This would be a very easy time to say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to check out. I'm going to let some, some less healthy and actually unhealthy things start drifting into my life. I'm going to, you know, whether it be Netflix out or just disengage or isolate, um, I'm going to just kind of, um, you know, not take care of myself. I'm going to eat terrible food. I'm going to not exercise. I'm not going to do the things that are life-giving, and and I'm I'm going to take my spirituality and I'm going to put it on the shelf. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I fully intend to come back and take it off the shelf again. Um, but but for the time, for the summer, for what's going on, um, I'm not going to take the pursuit of Christ that seriously. Now, I don't think that anyone's going to have that kind of a focused conversation with themselves. Sure, yeah, it happens more <laughs> it, it, gradually. And I think C.S. Lewis. Um, he was the one, it poorly paraphrased, quote, that very rarely do Christians wake up and decide, you know what, I'm going to enter into apostasy and turn away from my faith and, and, and grow cold towards God. Um, the truth is it's much more of a drift. It's more of a, a casual breaking down because fundamentally, right, the, the thing we have with God is a relationship. And if you take it for granted or you set it aside or you don't, nurture it. It's like any other relationship. It's just going to, it's going to drift. And so that's a big part of what this last weekend we were talking about. We looked at that, that classic passage of scripture that describes church life in the church of Jerusalem, where in essence, it lays out these things we call the five commitments. These five, um, there's so much more than behaviors. There's so much more than activities. They're a pattern. You know, athletes talk about muscle memory, I think we need some spiritual muscle memory. We need to establish patterns in our life 
in a non-legalistic, in a healthy way, in a non-prideful way that we're doing it, avoiding all the pitfalls that can make these good spiritual practices unhealthy spiritual practices. But just this deep conviction that if these things are not part of my life, you know, I'm not going to become like Christ. I'm not going to have intimacy with Christ. And just, it's not going to be good. It's not going to lead me to a bad place. And because they're not part of my life, other things will come into my life. Mm-hmm. And and those things look like resentment, bitterness, jealousy, this thing of covetousness. I've been thinking a lot about this, the thing of covetousness lately. It probably will be a sermon series next year. The power of coveting in our life. and 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 just those things need to be to be driven out of our life, not by, you know, you talked about it in your message on the kingdom of God, by focusing on the sin of it or the bad of it, mm-hmm. but by bringing in healthy spiritual practices. And so am I in a place where I am worshiping? You know, I'm I'm coming back, you know, regularly as a pattern. And worship really needs to be something we do every day. And it can look like just 15 minutes of gratitude. It can look like, you know, I'm not going to play my 70s playlist. I got a 70s playlist. Mm-hmm. I just want the kids. I love my 70s playlist. But I'm going to listen to some worship music, you know. Um, and I'm going to just intentional. It's going to be, I'm going to do a prayer podcast. It, am I worshiping? Am I going to engage on Sunday morning on one of the platforms? Am I going to use some of the midweek stuff? I mean, there's just a million ways to turn towards gratitude and thanksgiving and praise and meditation on God. But, but I was created to worship, and so am I going to worship? So one of the things it says in the passage of Scripture that begins in Acts chapter 2 is it said, the believers devoted themselves. They devoted themselves. So they were all in committed to saying, these things need to be part of my life. And I, I have to do this in my own life. Even yesterday, it was later in the day, and it was that time of day I usually take you know, half an hour or so to do a prayer I do a prayer, um, uh, I have a prayer pattern. It's uh, uh, um, um, one of the, what they call sacred hours. And I was sitting in the chairs, I want to watch, you know, I'm watching Jordan's Last Dance. I don't know if you've <laughs> seen that, but it's actually remarkable. Um, but I stopped and I said, no, I'm just going to quiet myself. And it's amazing when I do that, I can actually almost feel the tension leaving my body. I can feel the anxiety and the stress leaving my body. And it's just a cool thing, but you have to intentionally do that. And then will I grow? You know, will I daily make room for the Word of God in my life? I mean, daily hear from God every day. Am I going to say, okay, I'm going to read Galatians with the church this summer? There's so much practical and beautiful in Galatians. I'm going to, one of the things I I spent some time earlier this week is um, in the Proverbs. Is there just something so refreshing about the Proverbs and just the the wisdom of that? Or am I going to um, read a book, study a book, right now media, do do my dwell app, whatever it is. I'm going to let the Word of God come in. I'm going to let prayer come. You know, um, another thing is, am I going to belong? So we're actually recording this podcast in what is our new here room at church, which mm-hmm. we've now committed, uh, uh, converted for the summer into a podcast area. <laughs> And right outside um, the new building on the south side of our campus, 
we have this beautiful patio and fireplace, and now people are starting to sign up and do groups. It's so exciting. Yeah, uh, three a group having, happening right and now. And that's the thing. I'm outside. I'm looking right now, and there's a, a group of, what, maybe 10, 15 ladies, because we have groups up to 20 now, who are sitting six feet apart, Bibles open, praying, yeah. um, you know, just the most beautiful thing on this beautiful sunny day. And uh, three nights a week, our children are meeting around campfires, different age groups. Our youth group's going to start doing some of that. And and these are intentional strategies. I've got, I've got I'm going to share about it this weekend. There's one group that um, the leader of their group converted. They have like a, a barn slash shed, and they put it. They actually mounted a TV in there <laughs> so they can invite all their friends on Sunday morning, and they're doing church on Sunday morning. And, and there's so many incredible examples of people belonging. And it would be so easy to isolate. Mm-hmm. It would be so easy to say, yeah, I just don't want to. And, and right now there's so many polarizing conversations out there about my take on the pandemic and your take on the pandemic and my take on the protests and my take on the riots and my take on yeah. George Floyd and all those things, which we need to be able to have those conversations. We need to have the conversations. But if you're tired... There's a temptation to say, I just want to push it all away right. and not, not engage. We have to be intentional. Um, the, the devil loves to isolate us. We're easy to pick off. When I'm alone with my thoughts and I'm, I'm creating narratives in my head, wow, I can get to a dark place quick, you know, um, you know where I'm just, again, it's everything from feeling sorry to myself or being angry or... or just all kinds of dark thinking. I need other people in my life who help me see perspective and hear from God when I've got walls up with God. You know, it's this thing of service, this thing of saying, okay, again, it would be very easy for me to focus on my needs and what I want to do, but am I going to ask, okay, what can I do for my spouse and my children and my coworkers in our community? What does service look like? Even in the issue, you know, George Floyd, I've been talking with some of um, some African-American pastors, and the, the overall feedback I'm getting from them is just listen. Mm-hmm. Don't talk. Don't try to fix. Don't tell us what to do. Don't tell us how to feel. Just listen. So that there's a service of listening. Mm-hmm. And so just thinking, and, and I want that to come from a heart of, I don't want my service to be me powering up, taking control, in doing something, so I feel something about myself, but instead saying, okay, what is really needed here? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, this thing of share. I mean, I think there's a, there's a receptivity to the gospel right now, and the gospel is desperately needed right now. This, this just fundamental returning, and this is what we're going to do as we study through the book of Galatians, you know, come back to the, the simple gospel in its purest form, which is that we're all hopelessly broken beyond beyond human repair. There's no self-help. There's no fixing yourself. You know, as the old Calvin has said, we're totally depraved, and we desperately need God. And God stepped in and sent his son and provided redemption through the cross. And through the cross, um, we discover the truth of Christ, the way of Christ, the forgiveness of Christ. And when we put our faith and trust in that, we get forgiveness of sin and the promise of eternal life. And that coming back to that and the implications of all that reframes everything. Hmm. Um, we're going to talk deeply in Galatians about um, the Gospels we substitute 
mm-hmm. for the true gospel. And there's two versions of it, right? There's the one where we just we make something else good news. We make materialism good news. We make, you know, our fame good news, some other thing. But I think the one that is the greater temptation for Christians is the gospel plus something. We're yeah. going to talk a lot of that. The gospel plus nationalism, the gospel plus my political agenda, my gospel plus even social action, my gospel plus, you know, um, my family, that, that the gospel becomes a means to some other true end rather than the gospel, mm-hmm. you know. And so um, desperate need to re- rediscover that. So again, you know, we as the people of God, you know, need to come back and say, um, am I devoted to these things? It, it would be super easy right now to say, yeah, I've heard that and get cynical about it and push it off. And just because something is familiar doesn't mean it's not true. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's and, and, you know, the whole thing of familiarity breeding contempt, to come back and say, um, I want to rediscover these things in a deep and profound way. Um, years ago... Um, I have a nephew who's very dear to me, and uh, we were in Florida. I was at a conference, and he was in the military, and so we got together. He was a brand-new Christian, and he wanted to go to this place called Bible Land, brand-new Christian. <laughs> it's in Florida, and, I, and it was just, it was, it was what you'd expect. <laughs> and my apologies to anybody whose life was deeply touched in Bible Land, but it was, you know white people in costumes and here's the story of Jesus comes through you know triumphal entry twice a day at three and eight you know something all that and and it culminates with this incredible um kind of passion where Jesus dies on the cross and um you go and you sit and I remember we finally got to this and my cynicism is through the roof and my that's not accurate and I've been to seminary and I know all this and full of my and I remember sitting in watching this, which wasn't, in my opinion, a very good passion play anyway. <laughs> this, again, white Jesus dying on the cross, and, and it was just not really well done. I'm just kind of shaking my head. And I look over to my nephew, and there are tears running down his cheeks. Mm. Because for him, the gospel was so fresh. Yeah. The forgiveness of Christ was so new. He could taste it. He was feeling it. And to this day, he's a wonderfully committed, passionate follower of Christ. But that gospel, and I, and I, and I was so deeply convicted that, 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 boy, I have let the gospel grow cold in me. I have let this story of the cross, you know, and in my arrogance and my pride, um, my judgmentalism, um, there's glory all around me. And I just, I, I desperately want our people to rediscover that this summer. Um, so, yeah, so yeah. I don't I, know. I forget which, which psalm it is, but the line, um, restore in me the joy of your salvation. Yeah, Psalms 51. Every time I read that, just like it pierces yep. <laughs> yep. my heart. And um, I, I can relate to that heavily. And it seems to come in waves of times when you're when you're so fresh, when you can be kind of awakened to it and, yep. and tender to it again. And then if you're not, Paying attention grows cold, and it can and it can become this greatest story can become something that seems so familiar and so I don't know same yeah. that that it loses its 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 awe and its wonder and 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 yeah 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 and I, I, what I love about 
share when we talk about that too is like there's so many ways to do it you know some of it is, is is straight up sharing the story of the gospel some of it's sharing your own testimony and your own life it can just it can take on so many different forms right well and i think that's right and and you know we've got a couple things coming up even so like not this weekend but next weekend the 14th right mm-hmm. we're having a drive through um to share where we basically gone to some of our ministry partners and and to our community and said, what are the needs? And one of the statistics that you brought to the table was that nationally there's an expectation that one out of four kids will be having hunger issues this this year because of all that's going on with school and the economy and because the schools aren't meeting, there's not food. And so we're asking people to bring non-perishable food items. And then we're, we're having people bring baby clothes for apple pregnancy and we're having people bring um some things you can find this on our website for the good news jail and prison ministry and then forgotten initiative which work with foster families can you imagine managing foster care in the middle of all this right now um there's just a lot of needs and so instead of coming to church where we say i want the church to be there to serve me by providing a service we're going to say we're going to come to church and we're going to serve our community we're going to share with our community the love of God. Um, just very cool, th- very cool stuff. So, um, and again, just asking people to rise above their cynicism, rise above their apathy, to come back and say the scripture said they were devoted, and and you know I don't want to let my um, familiarity again and my cynicism drive that out of my life i i i I think our culture is sick on cynicism i think um i i used to be a person when i was younger very very sarcastic and i still got have some sarcasm and some sarcasm can actually be valuable in small doses (laughs) but i used to just drip sarcasm and it and i loved it because it made me feel like i was so enlightened and so intelligent and i saw things other people did and i could i could take something that was really special to somebody and i could show why it's not mm-hmm. and i say that out loud now and i'm just i i grieve that i would take sacred things and i'd throw them in the mud i would take things that were meaningful to other people i i just and and now i have kind of a special dislike for dripping cynicism you know, again, there are places, even the Bible uses cynicism at times, but a steady diet of that. And our culture exalts it. And, and, and we do it in such a way that we think we're doing something profound. You know, any middle schooler can be sarcastic. <laughs> I mean, it's not a sign of intelligence. I mean, anybody can look and say, yeah, Sorry, but not this. Yeah, I apologize. Right yes, now. I apologize to all the uh, <laughs> offended middle schoolers out there. Um, um, send your email to Joshua Scoing. No, uh, um. Go ahead. That's not my email. So go, go for it. Oh, there it. you go. There you go. <laughs> go ahead. That's right. That's right. Um, <laughs> but the point is, is uh, to come back to this thing of just saying, um, I want to be positive. I want to be life giving. I want to see what's right. You know, I want to. I want to move towards the light and the truth. Um, um, one, one another example too is. Um, I think I'm getting the name right. So there's a, a video series going around about the life of Jesus. And again, I can be super cynical about life of Jesus. Part of it is that anytime we make a movie about Jesus, it's almost like one of the, the, the admonition in the Ten Commandments about graven images. They sure. didn't want God to have a graven images because they didn't want a concrete view of God that would inherently limit it. And so I've always felt like the stories about Jesus that when they make movies about him, they limit God. They say he was like this. And so there are things that were accurate and inaccurate. And and so so 
I, I've always been. But the the one that I believe is called The Chosen. Yeah. Just very good. We watched uh, there's only one season. We watched the season the other night, and and of course, you know, there's a lot of um, artistic license and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff like that. But there just were some really fresh takes on Jesus that were just beautiful. So, um, again, just what do you need to do this summer to be devoted to the apostles' teaching, which is the scriptures, to prayer, to meeting each other's needs through service, through the things it says in Acts chapter 2, to be um, a person who knows Christ, is like Christ, Heard a really good quote from Dallas, I believe it was from Dallas Willard the other day, um, and let me see if I can paraphrase it poorly. Um, again, I'm doing that a lot of that today. But it's it's this, this um, he said, there are many people who are committed to the message of Jesus, but they're not committed to the way of Jesus. Mm. And I find some of that in my life. Yep. That I'm committed to the propositional truths, but the way Jesus actually lived. And that's what he called people to. He said, the things you see in me, do also. Um, and that always brings me back to the Sermon on the Mount. You know, is this the way I live? I, I mean, I ascend to it. I agree with it. It's Jesus, the Bible. I'm, I'm for it. I'm pro all of it. But do I walk in that way? You know, so, yeah. Yeah. That's good. Uh, one thing I appreciated you said in your message this week was when you guys went through the process of trying to figure out what are the five commandments going to be, um, that you didn't just choose from a, a list of 20 names or like, you know, the, the 20 best options. But really, I think the heart of it was to try to summarize um, what does it mean to be a disciple? What mm-hmm. does it mean to look like Jesus? Right. And these five things together in a healthy balance um, make you like Christ. Right. And the thing I love about the five commandments is is that it's specific in that we all have to have these things, but there's so much variety within it hmm. that fits the different personalities. The way you pray might be different than the way I pray, the way that Scripture really speaks. There are some people who, they this line-to-line, verse-to-verse, just careful study that just, oh, they just comes alive. Other people like to hear the Word of God, almost like music. So that's the beautiful thing about the five commandments is that it's not this legalistic it must be like this but it's these it's almost like themes and it's again it's muscle it's spiritual muscle memory that these things just establish my life so that I just kind of do them almost without thinking you know that it's just the pattern of my life um but it's got to be it starts with devotion it starts with making it happen in our life so i guess that's why they call them devotions (laughs) Oh, man. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. So I think we're both looking for some vacation this summer. And <laughs> yeah. No, I'm excited for that. <laughs> I think we could probably clip right where you said your last thing. I probably could. Yep. Yep. We might just edit that. I think that'd be good. Or not. Or not. We might just let this happen. Let people I, Let people sit in this. And just apologize now for uh, it. I think people can relate to. Yeah. And it, and again, I'd, like I started saying at the very beginning of this, I am tired. I'm I'm tired this week. I just think a lot of things caught up with me this week. 
And again, there's just some other things going on that are going to, it looked like I was going to be able to disengage in certain ways. I'm not going to be able to. I'm going to have to engage again. And um, and I think a lot of people feel that, you know, yeah. that... Um, Unprecedented times. Yes. And so, and yet in the midst of it, I will say this, I have, I have um, been very intentional about, about the spiritual aspect of my life. So, um, and very grateful for that. It's just been a good... And I don't know what I would do without it, you know, without prayer right now and just listening to the Word of God and the practices of prayer and just a very good time. Yeah, so. that's awesome. And for me, I think one thing I've appreciated about this conversation we've been having over the many, many weeks is you've been in this very kind of focused, dedicated thing. And, and I've been going through a little bit of an interesting <laughs> season for myself, but I'm kind of coming to this point now where I I want a, a, a rededication to some of these things. Yeah. and. And not out of a place of like, oh, you should, yeah. or, or you need to, but out of a place of like, nope, okay, cool. Getting back to that craving, getting back to that seeing the value. Um, and so I guess as, as anyone who's been listening with us for a long time, I just think it's good to acknowledge that all of us are at a little bit of a different point with yeah. this. But no matter where you are, whether you've been um, on, a, on a really strong stretch and it's about, it's about staying the course and it's about keeping yourself committed, or maybe you're a little bit more like me where you've realized that some of these things have gotten a little out of balance. And now it's like, okay, Jesus is here for me today. And um, when I apply myself to these things, he's faithful and he's good. When we draw near to him, he draws near to us. Yep. There's a lot of hope in that. Hey, man, that's awesome. I mean, uh, there's no way we're going to cut that now. Yeah. It's just too good. Well, we could, we, you know what? Behind the scenes stuff, that's some of the best stuff on podcasts. It is. That's so exactly right. You guys can tell us if you completely disagree. Yeah, that's right. But we're going to call that money. Yeah, so. there'll be some people sending a message. Focus, you two. Focus. <laughs> there was at least a solid 25 minutes of focus. There is. At least. All of that. I don't know how you could expect any more All out of that. the two of us. It's the pandemic, people. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Awesome. Let's close in prayer. You bet. Jesus, you are so good. And Lord, as we talk about this as a church, we talk about these five commitments, this 40-day challenge and committing ourselves to this. Lord, will you help us to see the importance? And as Paul said, not to see these things as simple or, or um, like childlike truths, but that we would see that um, in many ways there's something beautiful and profound about going back to the basics and going back to the truth of applying ourselves and being devoted. Um, God, help us not to take this summer off and to take you seriously and to long for your spirit to lead us and change us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.